Hello and welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. On the Open Government Podcast, we usually bring you an interview with someone working on open government in their community, but not today. No, because we are at the International Open Data Conference, Canadian Open Data Summit. And now Samir and I are going to give you a recap of the very first day for the International Open Data Conference. And um, because there was a lot that happened today. Tons that happened. And, you know, we've spoken to a few people while we've been here. And I'm sure people have been listening to those episodes. But we thought we might just take a look back at kind of what happened, what kinds of issues were brought up, and uh, how they're relevant to, to us and to the listeners. Um, so, Richard, right off the bat, you know, we had, a, we had a DJ Patil from uh, the, the chief data scientist of the, uh, the U.S. government speak to us talking about data science and its importance. Uh, how did you feel about that kind of starting the day? You know what? I thought it was going to be dry and boring. Right. Chief data scientist, we've been talking about data standards all week. The guy, first of all, has got full, full of energy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He, 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 he did not strike me as a chief data scientist <laughs> for the U.S. government. But I think he brought up a lot of interesting points, which unfortunately kind of failed me at this point because we're sort of doing this on the fly. But if anything, uh, what he was talking about, if I recall correctly, and you know what? Actually, I don't recall correctly, so I'm not even going to try because this is going in posterity, and I don't want to mislead. Well, no, that's fair enough. And I think I think there's been so much talked about and so much content today that it's easy to forget these things. But I mean, some of the few things that I got out of his talk definitely were kind of um, some examples of how data science is actually changing the way we start thinking about government and the gov- the, the operations of government. He gave some examples around agriculture and police data um, and a few others. Uh, I really loved that uh, he understood that we need more data and we need more good data in order to make better decisions. And that's something we talk about uh, in the community quite a bit, but we also talk about a lot about transparency and talk about accountability and economic development. And for him, it was very much about, we need better data so we can do better science out of it, so we can make better decisions and we know what's going on. And it was a really refreshing thing to see. And I mean, to watch him pace up and down the stage nonstop, really excited about that was a really great way to start the day for me. I, I, and I couldn't agree more. And that's what I was saying a moment ago, but the one place where I love you know what for the most part when it comes to these prepared presentations in the plenary i know what to expect right. it's in the sessions right why, right when we get to the practitioners we get the people that did the examples and things like that that i really love and i got a chance to attend the data and elections Ooh. um you know seminar with, that was hosted by jacques mayu who is canada's own chief election uh, chief information officer who's been profiled on the show here but uh, he had seven guests that's quite a big panel. <laughs> and it varied, believe yeah. you me. And they all had their own really sort of interesting perspective. And one of the things that sort of came to mind was this tool, which is actually very similar to one of my personal, my first project to this space called 131 Voices. Okay. And it's a project out of Peru whose purpose is kind of like the idea of the 12th man in football. Right, yeah. There are 130 representatives in, per, in, in the federal government the, the, the 131st one is the citizen. And basically, oh, it's a tool for engagement to bring sort of people into parliament when they don't really have that voice. And then going through all these different examples, and you had the NDI, and, and you had different countries. You had our own sort of, we had a representative from Quebec who was working and releasing election data for the province of Quebec and how they were actually able to move really quickly. It sort of brought everything together once again that. You know, we think we're advanced, we think we're sort of, you know, moving quickly. 
and we're, we're leaders in the, in the world, we're not. No, right? there's so many people doing really interesting things. And that's one of the things I got out of the panels, this, the, sorry, these sessions as well. Uh, I struggled to go to which one to go to because there were so many good ones. So I kind of just popped my head into a whole bunch of them. And it was amazing to hear the diversity of voices and people in other countries saying, this is what we're doing and this is how you can learn from us. And uh, it, we get caught in that rhetoric of like, you know, Canada showing leadership or the U.S. showing leadership. And I, what I love is that there's leadership in different pockets all around the world so everyone's leading in some way um, and we have so much to learn from from everyone there and that's that's what really the at least the morning sessions I came out of so yeah and the thing is that I'm finding as well is and this goes back to Pamela Robinson to which we gushed about to a certain extent <laughs> in one of our earlier episodes and I'm sure we'll be doing more of that absolutely and she said that the civic tools that you see typically represent what is on the minds of citizens and the variety of civic tools that we're seeing, I've never seen before, and certainly not on an international level. So more encouragingly for me, people are getting engaged. Most Canadians may not know about it, they may not see it, but the new civic tools that are being presented, are, if, if as according to Pamela, are a litmus test of civic engagement, then we're well underway. Like we're we're just off the blocks, and we're about to hit full stride in a few moments. Definitely, and I, you know what, I part of the part of the reason I was really invigorated by today is because I'm I'm kind of seeing that we're we're not we're not you know waiting in the blocks anymore. We're just we're getting off of it. And I was at the International Open Data Conference uh, in 2012 uh, in DC, and it was a whole different world. You know, it How was so? it was so much smaller like <laughs> like by magnitudes I, I i don't even know if they got 500 people there I mean, mm. that, that's optimistic but also the kind of people that that were there was was different it was um you didn't get the same kind of energy in the room uh people were really enthusiastic and excited but it was really more of a cerebral kind of exercise there's still more people talking about it or more people saying here's how we can do it and i feel like today it was more of like here's what we're doing and here's how it's yeah, making yeah. it here's how it's making a difference and that's what i loved about it, it wasn't just what can we do but it's here's what we are doing and here's the impact and here's the effect that it's happening and we know that we can do even more and that was just so refreshing to be in a room full of people who are at that point and who really want to do more with that and I think that's a really valid observation simply because the questions person that I found and I've only been in this space actively for the last two or three years but I've been sort of all in um, they're getting much more I don't want to say pointed but they're getting to, uh, they're, they're tough questions to ask, and we witnessed a number of those today. I gushed about it as well on Twitter. Alex Howard, who was the moderator for conversation between Nigel Shadbolt and our own Tony Clement, asking tough questions about long-form census. A little bit of sort of disconnect between messages from the political aspect to what's actually being done. And some straight answers at the same time that are not necessarily just talk for talk. There, there may not be answers that we like and we could find holes in it, but it's not just a regular political talk. Well, that's what I thought. Like, whether or not you agree with the answers, the fact that there was that kind of willingness to engage with that, um, it was funny because someone, someone this morning, I, I, I don't remember who it was, was saying, hey, come to Queen's Park and come to Question Period. And I found, you know, watching Queen's Park, Question Period is there's still this kind of reticence to really answer and engage with stuff. Um, whereas today, you know, people asked pointed questions, not just to politicians, but to people of all stripes. Yep. And those those people 
said, yeah, let me talk to you about the answers that I have to this and then keep asking me. And that was just completely refreshing to see that this is a place for discussion, for conversation, and it's open for that. And, you know, we use the word open a lot, but really having that sense, the ethos of open was really nice. Exactly. It's not just on the surface. It's not just about the mechanics. We're actually trying to live the open mantra and it's difficult. Yeah. It's hard to get into that mode. It's hard to really execute on, on that aspect of our lives, right? It's not just what we do, it's how we talk. Exactly. Are we willing to talk about it? Is it, is it okay to talk about it? Is it okay to ask the question? And uh, to me, that's, that's a really great sign that, once again, we're no longer on the blocks. We're actually starting to run. Definitely. And that's just as valuable. Definitely. So I think uh, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon here. Um, sadly, I won't be around for the second day tomorrow. Uh, but I'm hoping, Richard, you can maybe do a little, a few dispatches that I'll be able to listen to um, <laughs> and, uh, and hear about what I missed. Uh, I, I won't hold you to it, though. <laughs> oh, you're entirely way too kind, Samaria. You know how much I hate not... I think I've only ever done one without you, and it yeah. felt too weird. Uh, I keep calling you the voice of reason and because I'm the hothead around here well give me a phone call and we'll, we'll work it out <laughs> uh, but in the meantime uh, thanks uh, for everyone that's listening and uh, for those of you that are in the room thank you for engaging in these great conversations and for those of you that couldn't make it um, thanks for engaging online and through the podcast and any other way uh, because these are conversations that need to happen so really glad that we have a forum for that and before we sign off we are working on a surprise for our audience we've been working on it for the entire week and uh, I'm assuming it will be ready early next week but in the meantime my name is Richard Pietro I can be reached at at Richard Pietro on Twitter I'm Samir Vasta I'm at Vasta on Twitter and our hashtag for the podcast is OGT pod uh, keep listening and thanks so much for everything you all do and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>